Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John, and this is the 48th program in this series. I'm moving into the Gospel of John, chapter 10, and this was a continuation of the conversation that Jesus was having with the people after he healed the man who was born blind. He healed the man who was born blind. This is described in chapter 9. The man went to the temple, had a conversation with the leaders there, and the leaders cast him out of the temple, cast him out of the synagogue, because they believed that he believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He was not able to identify Jesus because he was blind when Jesus interacted with him. So Jesus introduced himself to the man who was healed, and this was outside of the temple. Jesus introduced himself, and the man believed in Jesus, and he worshipped him. There was a division that was taking place because of these events. The division was between those people who were beginning to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and those people who were rejecting Jesus as the Messiah. So Jesus is having this conversation with the people. And in chapter 10, he begins to speak to them using an illustration or using a parable. And so in John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, The same is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger." but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. That's in verse 6, that Jesus used this illustration. He is speaking to them symbolically. He's speaking to them abstractly. He's speaking to them parabolically. We could call this a parable. And the reason why he is speaking to them in this way is so that some people will understand what he is saying and other people will not understand what he is saying. He is intentionally speaking in a way so that people are able to choose for themselves if they want to understand him, if they want to believe in him. He gives them room. He gives them an opportunity by speaking parabolically. He gives them the opportunity to decide if they really want to understand or if they don't want to understand. Now, here in verse 6, 
Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. It could have been that some of them understood the things that he spoke to them. It could be that no one understood at that time, but they would understand more later and they would be able to review or think about what he said previously and understand it a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more at a time as time would go on. We are able to read through this now, thousands of years later, and we do have the ability to understand the things which he spoke to them. In general, we're not going to understand everything. We're not going to be able to understand the absolute magnitude and the implications of everything that he had to say, but we can understand a little bit. And then later on, we can understand a little bit more and a little bit more. And this is one of the reasons why it is valuable to continue to study the scriptures, to continue to read through the things that Jesus had to say, the things that Jesus did. It's very valuable. It's very important because we can continually see new things. We can discover new things. And the Lord does use the opportunity when we are thinking about him and we are considering these things that he said, the things that he did. The Lord can use this as an opportunity to speak to us in the core of our being, in our spirit and share things with us that we would not have been able to see previously, we would not have been able to understand, but we are able to understand more and more because we know him more, because we understand him more, because we grow and mature and we discover more and more about him as a person. So when we review things like this, we're able to capture and understand a little bit more because we know him in a greater way, and we can understand more about what he was intending to say because we can see it, we can identify it, we are familiar with him as a person. We're more familiar with him as we were once before, and this is a continual growth, a continual experience, and there really is no end to this because our God's character and person is infinite in nature. Now, going back to verse 6, Jesus used this illustration. He's speaking to them parabolically. Another reason why he was speaking to the people parabolically, especially towards the end of his ministry, and from what we can tell in the chronology of the scriptures, it appears that this is towards the end of his ministry. Around the middle of his ministry, there was an official rejection by the religious leaders of Jesus. And this rejection was recorded as the healing of the man who was blind and he was deaf and he was mute and he had a demon. Jesus healed this man and the Pharisees believed that the only person who could set someone free from this kind of bondage would be the Messiah. The only one who could set someone free from a demon who was causing an individual to be blind, deaf, and mute, that this would be a way, according to their beliefs, that they could identify who the Messiah is. When Jesus performed this miracle, the people stated that he was doing so by the power of a demon. 
That was their decision. They decided that they were going to reject Jesus as the Messiah, and they made the claim that he was not of God, and they were making the claim that he was doing this by some demonic power of some kind, and this was a formal rejection of Jesus as the Messiah. So his response to this was that he would do no more signs in order to assert himself as the Messiah to support his messianic claim. He would do no more signs for the people in public except for one more sign, which was the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the whale for three days and three nights, Jesus would be in the grave for three days and three nights, and that would be the only one he would do publicly in order to assert himself as the Messiah. He did perform many miracles, He did do many things that would support his messianic claim. The healing of the man who was born blind was a way for Jesus to assert himself as the Messiah. But he did so privately. He didn't do this miracle and then begin to proclaim that he is the Messiah. He did this privately, and it was a conclusion that the people came to on their own without him being present that if this man was not from God, he could do nothing. Obviously, this person has to be the Messiah. This was something that they did independently of him. Jesus healed the man only out of the personal need of the man. He healed the man because he was being gracious, because he was being kind and loving, and he met the personal need of this man without asserting that he was the Messiah As part of this miracle. So when he's speaking to the people later, he's speaking to them parabolically. He's speaking to them with parables. And if you study the parables, you will discover, you can discover, that Jesus communicates the same message that he was communicating to the people before the event of the healing of the man who was demonically possessed, who was blind, deaf, and mute. He was speaking openly and directly to the people about a number of things, about their need for a Messiah and about him being the Messiah, about his personal identity. He continued to say the same things. He continued to teach the same things, but he did not speak and teach openly and directly. He spoke indirectly and parabolically the same message that he was conveying before, the same message concerning people's need for forgiveness, their need for grace and mercy because of their failure to live in obedience to the Mosaic law as God would require. And he also spoke about himself so that people might believe in him and so that people may also decide, they may choose to have a relationship with him that he is willing to have with them under the mutual agreement of them surrendering to the new covenant, of them recognizing him for who he is, and if they are willing to have a relationship with him on his terms. And so in John chapter 10, he is going to spend some time talking about who he is as a person with hope that they would consider to have a relationship with him as a person. 
So many of the things that he conveys in John chapter 10, using this illustration, speaking parabolically, have to do with what he wants. What does Jesus want in terms of a relationship with other people? What does he want? And what that means is, what is he willing to do? What is he willing to have? If he's going to have someone else in his life, what are the terms, what are the conditions by which he is willing to have someone else in his life? He is speaking parabolically, which gives people a greater opportunity to decide if they want to embrace the truth that he is conveying or if they don't want to embrace the truth. And being able to say, I just don't understand you, is a way of rejecting Jesus by just simply stating, I don't understand. Well, if you don't understand, that's fine. That's okay. This is good. If you decide to continue to pursue an understanding. But when a person just simply declares, I just don't understand what Jesus is saying, and then they go on and they forget it and they just simply go on with their lives with this belief that they don't understand, they're never going to understand, this is a way to give people an opportunity to reject Jesus. But those who can tell that they don't understand, if you can see that you don't understand, but you want to understand, this is good because that means you will continue. You will be relentless. You will pursue an understanding. And if you can only obtain a little bit A little bit of an understanding. This is good with the hope and expectation that you will understand a little bit more. And then later on, a little bit more and a little bit more. And the more that you pursue a knowledge and understanding of your God, the more he will reveal to you because he wants someone in his life who wants to be in his life. And this is one of the ways that he can identify a person who wants to be a part of his life. He will want to be a part of this person's life. And the mutual relational experience can begin and it can grow and become great as time goes on. So when we read through this illustration, when we read through this parable, we have opportunities to know more about him. So let me go back to verse 1. In John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. All right, so what he's doing is he's making a division between himself and and others. He's identifying people as sheep, just to say, as an illustration, we're going to categorize people as sheep, and there are some people, some people who want to have the sheep for themselves, but there is a true person, a shepherd, a legitimate shepherd, who wants to have a relationship with people, and he does so openly and publicly, and in a way that is considered to be acceptable. And then there are others who are wanting 
to be like the shepherd who are wanting to have these sheep for themselves and they are not able to enter through the legitimate way because they are not legitimate shepherds. In this illustration, what he is doing is he is stating that there are other people who want to assume the role of a shepherd, and he's referring to the religious leaders there in the community. That's who he's referring to, and some of them are present when he is speaking about this. Because of the way that the religious leaders responded to the healing of the man who was born blind, the people were beginning to realize that the religious leaders were not necessarily being very honest with them. That's what they were beginning to see. The people who would be recognized as the sheep were starting to understand that those who were fulfilling the role of a shepherd in their lives are not necessarily very honest. They are not being very truthful with them. As a result, they're starting to recognize that these leaders, these shepherds over the flock of people are not necessarily the right shepherd. And Jesus is making a division between himself, a separation between himself and the other religious leaders. He's making a separation between himself and others by stating that he is the true shepherd. He is the legitimate one, and they are illegitimate ones. That what they are thinking is true as people are beginning to think about this and realize this as they see what happened after Jesus healed the man who was born blind. Continuing into verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, And leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, there are a lot of things that we can understand about our God through verses like this. But I'd like to start with an understanding of what Jesus would like to have with us. In reading this, we can see some things about what Jesus wants, what he would like to have between you and him, between us and him. And so let's go through this again. Like I said before, it's useful, it's helpful, it's good to continue to review and continue to review and then wait for some time to pass and review again and ask the Lord what kinds of new things might he reveal to us about his person as we review things again and again. So first of all, we can see that he wants to be a shepherd over us as a flock, as his individual sheep. The more that you understand about the relationship between shepherds and their sheep, the more you might be able to appreciate what he means by using this illustration. In verse 1, he describes a legitimate way through which he engages, through which he interacts with his people, individually and collectively. In verse 2, he said, 
He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So we know that he wants to be a shepherd over us. Now, just considering that alone, there are a lot of people who will say, I do not want to have a shepherd in my life, over my life. I don't want that. I want to be the ultimate, the absolute, the sole authority in my own personal life, and I want no one who may assume that kind of a role with me at all. Well, this is God, you know, and if you believe that there is a God, then by definition, he does have authority over you and over your life, and he may decide to exercise that authority now and then. And in this case, he may come into your life, and he may want you to exit the kind of life or the kind of circumstances that you are in when he shows up and follow him into something different. He might want you to set aside what you are doing, what you are deciding, in order to participate in something that he is doing according to his decision. Continuing again in verse 3, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. From verse 3, we can see the sheep hear his voice. He wants us to hear him. This is something that Jesus proclaims. He wants people who will hear him, who will hear his voice, who will know his voice, who will listen to what he has to say, who will take him seriously, who will believe the things that he tells them. This is something we can see through this parable and through this illustration, something that we can understand about Jesus as a person. Again in verse 3, and he calls his own sheep by name. He speaks to us as individuals. This is a big change. In the Old Covenant, God related to the children of Israel as a collective, as a nation. Under the New Covenant, he relates to people as individuals. We have an individual relationship with our God through Jesus, not a collective relationship with our God. He calls his own sheep by name. He wants to communicate with you, to relate to you. He wants to have a living experience with you by name, by person, by individual. He will speak to you and declare He knows who you are, and he wants you to know who he is. And he wants to be, if I may use this expression, on a first-name basis with people individually. And at the end of verse 3, he says, and leads them out. He wants to have a relationship with you such that he leads you that you follow him, that of course there are times when he will be doing other things, when he will be somewhere else, and the sheep can be doing their thing 
in another environment, in another area. But when the day comes, when the time comes, when he goes to you and speaks your name and he says, you, you, I want you to come with me right now. There is something that I am going to go do, and I want you to follow me. I want you to come with me. I want you to be a part of the things that I am doing. I want you to be a part of my life right now. I want you to set aside whatever it is that you're doing in your life presently, which is fine, but at the moment, I want you to come with me and follow me. In verse 4, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He wants you to know his voice. He wants you to follow him, and he wants to go out in front Right in front of you, he wants to lead you. He wants to be the first one to encounter the new experience with life. And he wants you to come with him. This is a description of the kind of relationship that your God wants you to have with him. And I will continue with this in the next program. Thank you for listening. This is the 48th program in the verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John. In this program, I introduced the Gospel of John, chapter 10, where we have the parable of the shepherd. And in this parable, Jesus speaks parabolically in a way that he compares himself with the religious leaders there in Israel who were opposed to people believing in Jesus as the Messiah. There was a division among the people as some people were believing in Jesus and others were not. And at this time, after the events surrounding the healing of the man who was born blind, Jesus asserts that he is not like the other religious leaders. They are not like him. And he makes this comparison in the parable. In addition, we can understand more about what he desires in having a personal relationship with him. And I will continue in the next program. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80937. Or use the donation link on our website, livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Thank you.